Welcome aboard the USS Aeronome. To become a member of our crew, please visit perfectorganism.com slash support. As a patron of Perfect Organism, you'll receive exclusive perks and early access to content. Incoming audio transmission received. Please proceed to Subdeck 3 to begin playback. Thank you, and welcome aboard. What are you waiting for? Breakfast in bed? Another glorious day in the Corps. Day in the Marine Corps is like a day on the farm. Every meal is a banquet. Every paycheck a fortune. Every formation a parade. I love the Corps! Where's Basket? Let's rock! the colonists, they move them over there, and they immobilize them to be hosts for more of these. Which would mean that there would have to be a lot of these parasites, right? One for each colonist that's over a hundred at least. Yes, that follows. But each one of these things comes from an egg, right? So who's laying these eggs? Welcome to Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga Podcast. I'm your host, J.M. Prater, and I'm joined by my host... Patrick Green. And we are here in episode four of something. No. Um, I think it's five. This is episode five. Of, I, you know, <laughs> uh, we don't, uh, we're somewhere in the middle. We're of somewhere of in road. our series of 40 miles of bad road. Where we're we, like 12 miles down we're like, 40 miles. We're like 32 miles in. I'm kidding. We're, we're somewhere no. on the journey. <laughs> we're here to talk about the alien queen and uh, mm. all about her and, uh, her design and what she means in the series, what she means in the kind of, in the, in the scope of the xenomorph, xenomorphology, maybe that's what you want to call it. Um, and I think it's going to be an interesting conversation, but before we really get into that, our jumping off point, we're going to discuss, uh, some feedback that we got on our, our, um, Facebook group called building better worlds. And if, if you guys aren't in that, we're at, we'd love for you to join. It's the best. You better join that shit. It's the best alien group on Facebook. Where every the best alien. Group. It is where everyone is. We're uh, not biased. We're not biased, and we're everyone's biased, opinion is, is honored. The best. If you love the prequels, we accept you. We love you. We honor you. If you don't, that's fine too. It's a really great space, for lack of better terms. And now people are going to cringe. Whatever. Fuck you. It's a it's a safe space. It is. It really is. It's a great place to come and feel like no, I can. That's- Exactly I can, what it is. It is where I can, and we're not gatekeepers, and um, we don't, you know, we're not polarizing, and we don't call people out publicly, and we don't publicly shame people or boot people or airlock them if we don't like what they're saying publicly. It's a really, really great community. Yeah, and it's and it started just. I know we've said this before, but it started with a mission, which is on our mission statement, which is pinned to the group, which is basically just to be an open forum where people are allowed to talk freely and to be themselves and to not feel like they're going to be publicly called out or suffer retribution. And and it is a great community. Um, so I'll go ahead and kick things off here. So Sean Hewitt, who is also on our team, uh, he contributed the first comment. And the question was, <clears throat> uh, what does the queen mean to you? So Sean says, the queen is the most quintessential representation of pure evil. It breeds these things. It's intelligent, using the lift, getting on board the Sulaco. 
This bitch is mean, man. I mean, really mean. It holds on to pure hatred. There's a reason it went after Newt. This thing would make you shit bricks if you ever saw one. And yet, in the same vein, it's completely relatable. It does what it does to protect her kind, her family. Her fury is like a mother scorned. If I imagine how angry I would get if someone ever hurt my son, like Ripley did to those aliens to her eggs, I'd be pissed, dude. Um, then I'll read his next paragraph here, and then you can, you can pick up where that leaves off. He says, uh, While some people may think it's essentially a dumbing down of the alien creature, making it like a bug, ant hive, bees, uh, bees have hives, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it makes perfect sense. It answers the question of where did all those eggs we see an alien come from? And cutting off there, I, I, I want to make sure we get to address that, because I think there are implications that go pretty deep in that. Yeah, uh, we'll get to that. Uh, really. we'll, get, we'll get to it. This we'll is get a, to these it. comments are all springboard into our larger topic. So uh, Thurian Lack responds saying, honest question, if the queen is where the eggs come from, isn't that image from the alien from Alien problematic? I mean, I know it's from a deleted scene, so it might not be considered canonical. Now, Thurian is referring to the deleted scene in the, the director's cut where Ripley stumbles upon Dallas and... Um, not Kane, not Ash. Brett. Brett, oh my God. <laughs> Dallas and Brett essentially being cocooned, uh, being turned into eggs. We call it egg morphing. That's kind of the, the popular term. Um, and that that poses some interesting questions, which we'll get to eventually. But that was Thurian's um, uh, response. So thanks, Thurian. Yeah. And then to follow up, Sean says, I knew that we're just going to read this, this exchange because it's, it's a nice example of building better worlds. He says, I knew that would come up as soon as I posted that comment, laugh out loud. I think both are viable possibilities. Egg morphing appears, and this is just based on that particular scene, to produce a much larger egg, as well as being attached to a wall. This may be an option that a single xenomorph may be able to do, whereas in the presence of a queen, it's not a necessity. Eggs are deposited in somewhat an organized manner, neatly but close together on the ground. The eggs also seem to be smaller, or is that just me? Now, I, I and he says, I, I firmly believe both can exist within the alien universe. We should mention that there are huge gaps in the xenomorphology of queens, how they're created, um, how they're guarded, what their eggs actually are. There's a lot of, because of, of different takes in the expanded universe on this concept, and because of the fact that some of this has been deleted from theatrical releases of things, there's a lot to get into on this, and hopefully we'll kind of touch on some of that tonight. But yeah, but it's a good point that, I mean, theoretically, th this and a million other possibilities can coexist in the universe because there is no one single canonical answer for the what what exactly their life cycle is. Yes, indeed. Uh, Sean goes on to say, also, in my opinion, that particular scene is considered canon once the director's cut was released in 2003. However, that is solely my opinion and based purely on my own feelings. LOL, it was... It was inserted into an official release of Alien, therefore it's canon, basically. And I'll, I'll read his other comment, and then you can read his, Thurian's next one. I forgot to add, Thurian, that I appreciate you bringing that up. It's entirely re relevant to the conversation at hand, so I'm glad it was brought up. And then I love how we're just basically playing the parts of Sean and Thurian. I, I hope we're doing a good job, guys. Although you got to do the accent if you're going to do Sean, right? Uh, no. I forgot to add Thurian Lick. I appreciate you bringing that up. All right. So Thurian says, the egg could be larger until the human is fully transformed. Damn, that's weird to think about. And then gradually shrinks to the size we see in the beginning of Alien. It would make sense as it would need to conserve energy for such a long gestation and the wait for a host to wander by. 
Anyway, we don't need to go through this whole thing because this goes on for quite a bit. There's there's another like six responses. No, to this. there's only three more. You want to keep? Oh, you want to keep? Right, go ahead. Just these last three. Why don't you finish Thurians? The, they're they're all good. I'm not saying they're not good. It's just you know. There's a lot. He says, uh, it's an interesting idea that one alien could cocoon a host or create a, a queen. Or could cocoon a host to create a queen. It lends to the adaptability of the alien, although I don't particularly like it. It sort of opens up the mythology even more, allowing for maybe too much head cannon. Head cannon? Is that a... I suppose. Uh, maybe. Sean says, that's a good theory. Nice logic used. I'd like to see the egg morphing explored further, should there be any future movies. It's a concept which has so much mystery to it, although that's not necessarily a bad thing. Partly why I can believe both could coexist is there was no sign of any other host for them to turn into an egg. No ship, no bloodstains, nothing. For the amount of eggs found on the derelict, surely there'd have been something. I think the engineer gave birth to a queen, who then laid those eggs and then went off to die somewhere. All of this, of course, is just my own theory. You want to call it there? Uh, no, let's just... Let's, yeah, let's, is there more? There's one more. You're not even reading this. uh, Um, (laughs) Scrolling down. Uh, Aaron McCutcheon. Aaron McCutcheon says, The egg morphing is a misconception. The egg forms around the body and is broken down inside to create a face hugger. Ain't no shit. Check the wikia. (laughs) Now... I should I should clarify that the wikia is edited by most of us, so so yeah. it's not like this anyone is coming can from anything contribute. really official. Yeah. yeah, I mean I have quite at length. Um, egg morphing and especially the 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 ovogenesis of the queen herself is something that is hugely confusing because it's been portrayed a few different ways in the expanded universe. So we'll we'll get to that as we talk through her a little bit, but that that is one of the theories is that the queen could be created through the egg morphing process, yeah. right? Another one is that royal jelly is brought to the queen by the Praetorians who are guarding her, brought to uh, rather to an ovomorph by the by the Praetorians. Um, there's a, there's a few different ones, you know, for this, and that there's a queen facehugger, which is what you know we, you can see in the um, in Alien Three in the beginning. There's a lot going on. We'll get to it. Yeah. So really, that's the jumping off point. I'm just gonna come out and say it. I've never liked the queen. I- <laughs> I think, <laughs> what the fuck, Jamie? You're starting with that? Yeah. Um, You're leading now, with okay, that? Okay, but just listen. Now, do I think it's a brilliant design? Absolutely. Was it flawlessly, mm, was it flawlessly executed? Absolutely. Was it creepy? You bet your ass. For sure. You um, bet your ass. What? I'm saying you bet your ass it was. <laughs> now, do I think it's scary? Not any. Not really. Do I think it's very similar to what we see on Earth in terms of the hive sensibility? Yeah. Is it really alien? No. Um, and it lacks uh, the it lacks the intensity and the just the I don't know the the wonder or the the exploration of something truly alien, which would be something like egg morphing or like in Covenant we see the spores. Um, it's very a very alien way. Even though yes, that is also found in on Earth. That's also not as known as much. Everyone knows about termites and and bees and wasps and all of these things that have queens. I just feel like, and again, everyone knows, I think Aliens is a masterpiece. I watch it probably as much as I Ten watch. times a day. I, I watch it as probably as much as I watch Alien 3. Um, so I, I shouldn't even have to make that statement, but I'm just making it just because I can feel the tomatoes being thrown at me right now. Oh yeah, people are, <laughs> people are fucking go to the tomato um, patch. But I, I just feel like the queen is problematic. I think that she, she, um, so everyone like and now because of the queen you, you have these like 
toy companies making the king and it's just like this just yes. gets shit just gets boring like give me something oh. alien give me something that's scary and i think part of what covenant did so well was it was truly alien i mean you had these things in your throat in your back like it was fucked up and the alien and the queen is just like oh there's its mama she's laying its eggs like oh <laughs> there's a standoff between two mothers like i just what are you talking it's amazing i don't i don't think so that's amazing i don't think so now all right. Is it well, dynamic? Does it work? Absolutely. Is Aliens a masterpiece? Absolutely. Do I want to see the Queen again? No. And I was getting short. Four more weeks and out. Now I'm gonna bite on this rock. It ain't half fair, man. Break. Four more weeks. Oh. Ever. Uh, if, if, yeah, if I mean, I suppose if they could do it in a really, really scary way. I, I mean, just, you're, we've you're, seen you're, her so I, this, many we're times. On the opposite side of this argument, are, which is so weird. You're the ones fucking sticking up for Covenant, and I'm the one sticking up for what Blomkamp wanted to do, but by fucking continuing the aliens thread. This is this is like so, so a surreal moment for me. We can go all the way to that point, <laughs> but but <laughs> in the meantime, we can talk a little bit about just the queen as like a, as a creature first. Okay. Do you want to do that? Yeah. Or do you want to go want to go guns blazing? Well, I think she's I mean, fucking amazing. Go, can, I love the queen. I don't think but she's a bad designer. I think she's awesome. I think it's no, inspired think, by Geiger. Geiger, well, sorry. It, <laughs> I said Geiger thing, all my life, so. It's okay. Um, there are... So the aliens are bipedal, right? They walk on two legs. Yeah. There is a part of me that doesn't like that. There is a part of me that believes that an alien organism is probably not humanoid... Because we evolved for life on Earth to look the way that we do, to operate in the environment the way that we operate, to breathe the air the way that we breathe, to predate the way that we predate, to see, to locomote, etc., the way that we do on our planet, right? Mm -hmm. Xenomorph XX121 would have evolved very differently and would probably probably be more like a bacterium or something, right? Some mm -hmm. sort of a, of a of an extremomorph. Um, so, like, there's a part of me that, although I'm obsessed enough with the xenomorph design to have it covering most of my arm like there's a, a part of me that feels like perhaps it would be more realistic if it were something completely alien if it were a gas you know if it were a triffid we were talking about the triffids last week or triple or, or yeah there's, there's there's many other weird things that it could be right but we i accept the fact that it's bipedal because it gives me something to contextualize as something i can relate to and something i can flee from and something that has a form that i feel challenged by but also familiar with mm -hmm. the queen to me as an idea represents something similar there are parts of it that i can understand i can understand the ovipositor i can understand this sort of communication from a queen radiating outward i can understand that like an extreme amorphic organism to be able to colonize the the universe would be using a queen system and that that would be why they're somewhat like soulless in the way that the drones act they kind of act like they're you know drones of this of this queen creature it makes sense to me but there are things that i don't understand about it like i don't understand how she can operate an elevator i don't understand how she can um, get on a dropship that's half her size i don't understand i don't understand how she can get on a dropship i don't understand how uh you know she um can communicate with the drones and, and like so complexly make them, you know, move back. We don't know how she's created. We don't know why. We don't know where she came from. We don't know how she coexists with this whole trope of egg morphing and like where that fits into it. So there, there are a, a lot of unknowns with the queen. So to me, 
I can at least appreciate her as something I can kind of contextualize, but still have mystery behind her. And I think as I think everything that Elsa you said, I agree with. I think the design is amazing. The execution is incredible. I think she serves a really great storytelling purpose and that she's the big bad fourth act. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, she is a perfect analog to Ripley because at the end of the day, they're doing the same thing. Yeah, I, I Ripley get that. Ripley is saving her progeny and the queen is is avenging her progeny, yeah. basically. Even though even though Ripley's not actually, Newt's not really her daughter. You know? Yeah. That's that's sort of my thing. Yeah, I, I get it. I really, I get all you're saying. I just think, now I can understand the, the um, kind of the, the vehicle of the queen to me, what could be alien or what is alien is if you, you know, you have the xenomorphs in there reflecting the reproductive system of the hosts. So that's how they reproduce to me. That to me is alien. Like whatever host that they've. Like dicks? That's dumb. <laughs> is, is, is that what you're saying? No, what I'm saying mean? if they, if they, if, <laughs> a, if a, a face hugger, you know, impregnates a, a human. Th- the alien that comes out from it is going to have a similar reproductive system. It's gonna... That's what I mean. I don't mean genitalia. <laughs> Come on, stupid. So what do you mean then? <laughs> I mean, what are you talking like about? A, a, a birth, like, um, or for instance, oh, if you mean it, like give live birth, like, like, in like if it's a dog, like in, in Alien Three, it's going to run on all fours. It it, it takes right. elements of the host and it kind of recontextualizes it for its own. <laughs> body <laughs> got a dick <laughs> and it finds a, a, a xeno vagina and it fucks it like even, when you said when you said when it when it like you know when it colonizes a dog it comes out comes fucking the dog from behind i'm sorry i'm just I, I can't get this image out of my head now what are you talking about you mean live birth hold on hold on hold it hold it <laughs> <laughs> You're so stupid. Um, uh, no so for instance <laughs> no like Whatever, okay, say uh, okay. say a an alien, uh, 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 what do you call it, a face hugger jumps onto a Komodo dragon. <laughs> it would then lay eggs because that's what Komodo dragons do. Um, or if it was a zebra, it would have live births because that's what live, if it was an ant, <laughs> it might have a queen because you can imagine a face hugger on an ant. Oh, oh where'd it go? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I, I understand what you're saying we're losing okay, Patrick, I get it folks. I get we're it losing. I get it so resurrection deals with this right that's the whole idea is that that this queen is more human and so she gives life. it deals with it in a <laughs> shitty way they do what you're talking about <laughs> at the end so of the day <laughs> oh man I gotta calm down no right <laughs> I I totally I totally get what you're saying I think that it is fascinating that the queen mixes these elements of a mammalian birth with an insectile mm-hmm. birth. I think it's really horrifying. I think it's very... I think they did also, it shitty in Resurrection, though. That could have really been an interesting <laughs> thing. Don't, don't talk about Resurrection, Jamie. Well, we're talking about the queen. No, but... I'm, oh, yeah, we're but talking about aliens, well, so. well, I'm just saying I don't want to talk about Resurrection okay. anymore. Okay. I, I'm, I'm saying, let's go, go, go back to Aliens, the, the one that we liked. Now, I, I think that there are a lot of things in that that are so fundamentally alien to me you know what we did a thing a while ago i think it was for alien day where we talked about our favorite moments in the series um the eighth for the eighth passenger Mm -hmm. the video and my do you remember what mine was this is the quiz um well you yes you kind of acquiesced and you and you went Mm. to the uh jockey scene Yes, I did. But I wasn't acquiesced. Oh, well, that's yes, because you had another kind scene. of my second fit. Wow, good, good memory. Dude, see that. you, you just 
you underestimate me. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> Formally on air. Um, no, I, so I, my favorite, my favorite moment in the entire saga is when they come upon the derelict in the first film, because to me, that is at the heart of everything that I love about these movies, right? It is this encounter in a strange world with something you have no fucking idea what you're looking yes. at or what you're dealing with. And yes. you are completely in awe you're lost. and outgunned. Yeah. And I think that the appearance of the queen in aliens is a similar moment. It occurs. It 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 is. A, there's a journey to it that Ripley goes willingly through. Right. She knows that she has in in the pursuit of a goal that she's going to have to come across this behemoth, this monster. Mm-hmm. She knows somebody's laying the eggs. She finds it, and it is something that when it's think about the first time you see the queen. Right. You see it as an abstraction. Yes. It's backlit. Yeah. Right. It's 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 backlit with this brilliant, strange amber light, which doesn't make any sense. But you just sort of take it as an artistic decision. Mm-hmm. The way it's lit is totally nonsensical and beautiful. It reminds me a little bit of the of the point in the very beginning of Alien, when the wind blows, when the camera dolly passes yeah. those pieces of paper, and it's a yeah. moment that it, it doesn't make any real sense, yeah. but you accept it. Right. So it's a similar moment when 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 she first comes upon the Leviathan in the in the belly of the beast during that that part um her head also is retracted right so like so so when you first see the queen it doesn't even have a face it just looks like a fleshy protuberance i wish they would to be honest with you i wish it would have stayed retracted for way longer than it did i feel like she said shut up (laughs) (laughs) sorry oh this episode is fucking crazy already (laughs) but no like i feel like the alien is the most like when you see the alien in Aliens uh, when their their te- their lips are raising and you're, they're showing yeah. their teeth. Before, when their lips are closed, it is far more scary that you're not really sure what you're looking at, as opposed to mm-hmm. oh look teeth, you know. Well, because it doesn't have any eyes either. And, right? Yeah, that's, and that's, I, that's... I think teeth don't make things scary. I think not knowing what's in there, like if you go, into, I agree. If you go into a closet and you bump into something. And you're not sure what you bump into. Is you're it a like, man? Is it a that? body? Right. What is it? Right. You know? What's in your closet? Is it Jamie? a dick? What's you... <laughs> 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 a zebra? Um, is it a face hugger? Is it a dildo? <laughs> yeah, could be anything. <laughs> is it newt? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I think that's a really good point. And I think a lot of my favorite concept art actually is the concept art where their mouths are closed. Like I I, I, I think part of what's so interesting about the neomorph is that is that it does it doesn't look like anything. There's no like. Your, your like facial recognition software doesn't light up on it. You know, it's easy to forget. I was thinking about this actually tonight during choir rehearsal for some reason. I think part of why I fell in love with the design of the Xenomorph as a kid was specifically because it didn't have eyes. Yes. And I remember like it, it, something about that I, I just I just couldn't get out of my head. Mm-hmm. Just like how novel that looked and how scary that was. And, and the fact that we didn't know how it was seeing, yes. you know? We didn't know why its eyes weren't exposed. Yeah. I just—it was something completely alien. Or the right? or this question that that image asks: What does it want? We don't know. Yes, we right. don't. We still don't know right. what the alien wants. What does it want? <laughs> we it's still, fucking scary, right? But we don't know why. Yeah. We don't know what it's doing. And yeah. so here's the problem with the queen. Okay, I do have a problem with the queen, which I wrote down on an envelope, and I'm going to bring up. Okay? okay. She answers questions. That's my problem with the queen. Yeah. Who's, who's laying those that, eggs? That, yeah. Well, this here bitch we go. Over here. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you wait one minute and then we'll find the answer? You know? <laughs> Ripley gets in there. Security. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so that is a little bit problematic yeah, to me. Yeah. 
And I think that that I think that that is sort of my overriding issue. Although I don't have a huge issue, but my overriding issue with aliens in general is that there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of answers in the movie about this is what happened on LV426, yeah. especially in the, in the special edition. You just get so many answers. This is Ripley's daughter. Mm-hmm. This is blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, this is what the company's real motivations were. This is what the company looks like mm-hmm. when they're having that meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get a lot of answers to a lot of questions. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But it is a choice. And to me, part of the power of Alien, and I know this is something that you love as well, and you know we have similar tastes in movies, I think, sometimes, um, is that Covenant was a masterpiece. Is that... Um, oh, shit. <laughs> is that <laughs> it is more interesting to be asked questions than to have them answered, right? Yep. And the Queen answers a lot of things. Now, she also raises questions in the process of doing that because we don't know where she comes from. We don't know what that process is like. We don't know if there are alternative ways for them to reproduce. Um, but at the end of the day, she's fundamentally a, a question-answering device. Yeah, and I don't really... Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because I've never, I never contextualized it that way. Uh, but you are right. But because the movie is so amazing, I don't have a problem with those answers. And that's why Aliens is successful, yeah. number one. It answers questions, but it answers them in such a dynamic way. But there's also so much going on that, that I'll take those answers. That's great. Right. Um, but, right. But I think and I think the brilliance of Covenant is it reintroduces more questions, actually. What is up with this episode? What <laughs> you, you keep defending Covenant? No, I'm just we're talking about um, the queen is a vehicle of reproduction. So I'm talking about the vehicle of reproduction in Covenant. And that asks a lot of questions. Right. It does. Why, why do spores, you know, why do spores, why are spores giving off these creatures? And then this thing over here and that thing over here, and then something's in the air. There's all these unanswered questions. Right. Wait, although, although it's funny who planted it? Because that, um. cause, because, cause, cause, <laughs> who planted it? Because that is something that a lot of people have issues with Covenant with. That's something that I found myself constantly arguing about when Covenant came out was people like, well, why are they, this is something you've talked about. No, it is not. It's, it's like, do it's not like, put oh, that in my mouth. Well, do this is, not. Oh, that's what she said. <laughs> because that's what he said. <laughs> this episode, <laughs> like for example, so, you know, our friend Dave, who we love has mentioned that he does not like, Oh no, no, Dave didn't say this. Who the fuck said this? I don't know. Somebody said that they don't like knowing that the engineers are, um, or that, that David was stealing the engineer's tech and that's where the xenomorph comes from, right? That's something people talk about, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If that is actually what happened, which which I don't know. I don't think so. I think all of those, those, um, what do you call it? Those things that opened and all the black goo came out of, what are those things called? The, the uh, urns? The, yeah, okay. All um, those urns open. Yeah. They got into the atmosphere, and then they got into the essentially the plant life. That's how those spores came. That's what happened. That's how they kind of morphed, for lack of a better term, mm. um, or, or or altered their its own reproductive cycle. Um, mm-hmm. So that's – David didn't do – I mean, yeah, David caused it, but that, that happened on its own. He didn't Well, he was experimenting it. on the planet, though. Maybe. Maybe he was. I don't think he had. I, mean, I think he was just being crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, I think it was experimental. But I, well, anyway, but here, that's why Covenant's a good movie is because now we can talk about it in different ways and we can have an interesting conversation about no, what the ramifications of certain things are, the implications of them. Listen, I think that um, in Awakening, if we ever do get to see what it is, there is a showdown, as we now know, between David and the engineers, right? Who okay. are coming back and they're yeah. like, what the fuck did you do to our planet? Can you imagine um, if they did that and, as a series? 
and they got um, Fassbender and and uh, the other two actors who we don't care about to come back. Um, um, <laughs> that would be a but really it, great series, for, like if they had the budget. For like it. a streaming series. Yeah, if they had the budget for it to really like build I don't up. Know, I disagree. I the disagree. engineers and oh my, that would be awesome. Well, I think I think that's why Ridley Scott wanted to make seven movies. You know, I I think he had this whole arc in mind, but. You know, I don't even know if I would want seven movies of this. To be to be fair, like I don't want it to be here forever, but I, I do want to be challenged. You know, um, I think that what would have happened is it would have had a showdown, and then out of that showdown would have come the final xenomorph. It would have been something that ha- somehow could reign supreme over both you know sides of this battle. Mm-hmm. That would be a- as a consequence of evolving out of control on the ship. Here's the qu- here's the thing though. I think as we talk about the queen, um, and you're talking about answers. There's this, and it's been ever since he, uh, James Cameron introduced the Queen. There's this. Oh, we need. Oh, it's another alien movie. So let's make a different one. Let's make. It's got to be different now. It's got to be different. Let's redesign it. This has got to be this one. This is, and James and I don't. I believe the alien, the design that Giger created, is so amazing and continues to be amazing. You don't have to keep redesigning this shit to be scary. Mm-hmm. You just have to put it in the dark. And really yeah. bring that design to life. Because if you look at Giger's, we all have seen Giger's work. Um, it's amazing. It's it's organic. It is biological. It's biomechanical. It feels very sinewy and also very slimy. If you could really bring that to life with his original design, you don't have to re redo these. And I, I did see when we were talking about uh, Blomkamp before, like he had that photo or that image, the concept design, which is essentially of Giger's original alien but it's got two arms ah whatever it's whatever you don't need to do that all you need to do is know how to use it and i feel like with these sequels what keeps happening is and cameron did it successfully and he's lucky but these sequels keep reimagining this creature that doesn't need to be reimagined it's it's design is good maybe you can do a couple things different here or there but if you're having to redo it and make something then i don't i don't think you're approaching it right uh, no, that, that's an interesting point because we don't really. Well, no, I mean that that is something we see with you know Godzilla and King Kong and, and other movie monsters that they, they do get redone, you know. But I, I agree that you don't have to do that. Well, in a, every alien movie, it's different. Aliens, it was different and very and it, very different. I mean, they didn't even have the dome. They, they look, um, right. I will say the aliens and the alien, the aliens and aliens were better than the original. Um, yeah, just, I know you, you. I don't know why you think. Yeah, that. they just. I don't know. They, You're they, fucking crazy. It's dude. amazing that they they look like living things, um, more so than the original. They just look like these foreign. Well, they're much less biomechanical. I'll give you that. Do you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe the mechanical part of it certainly. Maybe. And actually, the queen and and Cameron has said this himself. The queen is deliberately less biomechanical. Hmm. I think the queen is is the natural extension of the evolution of the xenomorph in, uh, in the second film. And actually, she, so, so something that I wanted to bring up with her while we're talking about evolving is that evolution is really at the heart of the Xenomorph's like reason for being, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you can see it in the accelerated life cycle, but also just in its adaptability, its relentless drive to procreate and to continue and to, and to survive. Um, it's all about evolving and adapting, right? And the queen represents the the ne plus ultra of all of the different attributes of the of the xenomorph having evolved. So not only is it obviously bigger and stronger, but it's way more intelligent. It's able to communicate. Um, it's able to create life, seemingly unaided, somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that be royal jelly or something, we don't we don't know. Um, 
it is able to do all of these things that that the drone and the warrior and the Praetorian guards can only aspire to, you know, like but 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 they can't. The queen is the one that is special. Mm-hmm. And and she to me part of why she works is she embodies that spirit of evolution in a more succinct and profound way than any other creature in mm-hmm. the series, mm-hmm. I think. Um, you know, and and we've talked a number of times just in this particular series about part of why aliens works so well is that it finds the themes in alien and it kind of explodes them and it goes deeper into them. Mm-hmm. And I think the queen works cause she's a sequel to the creature, you know, mm-hmm. the queen works because she is a more, a, a, a deeper and more intense embodiment of what was already true about the creature as we knew it. Mm-hmm. And I think that also extends to the, to the design language and the, the size and the scope of her and the fact that her head carapace is just so incredibly huge, mm-hmm. right? Because like, like when you when you think about the xenomorph, you think about the the elongated head, mm-hmm. like hers is twice as long proportionally. Mm-hmm. You think about the back spines, you know, unless you're talking about Alien Three, um, hers are like seven feet long and they're spiky. You mm-hmm. know, you think about the tail; her tail is like thirty feet long and it's fucking prehensile, mm-hmm. with hydraulics operating it. You yeah. know, the queen to me is like the ultimate evocation of what an alien can be. Another example, the retractable jaw. So the inner jaw on the queen, obviously, is it's the size of a head, yeah. you know, of a human head. It's gigantic. But also, it comes out of another retractable jaw, yeah. which is the head itself, yeah. right? So, like, so it's it's the extension of what the xenomorph was. It, it, whereas the xenomorph's mouth came out, the queen's head comes out of its head, comes out of its mouth, yeah. you know? Yeah. The opposite way around. Totally. So I think that's that's part of what works for me from a design standpoint. Yeah, I mean, I think that, again, I think the design is brilliant. Even Giger said, hey, this is essentially my creation because it, it, it's, you know, it's got the, the those legs that Giger like to kind of like when he draws his creatures or whatever, they almost look like they're, they have, um, they're wearing um, platform, high, heels. high heels. And the, yeah. the, the queen, <laughs> uh, Cameron continued that theme. He really, he really um, pulled the integrity out of, of Giger's work and pushed it further and i thought and, I th- and she also she has the double jointed uh like the dog style hind legs too yeah she does right? and yeah. you know even with the size of her carapace and or crown or whatever you want to call it all of that really if you look at her you look at the egg sac that she you know or whatever that thing is that she has the ovipositor the ovipositor it yeah. it all of those things that are part of her head and her tail help her to balance that so she's yes you know so right. it's not this Oh look, that's neat. That's there for a reason. It's there because she yeah. sits in one spot, and, and it, it takes, makes sense. And it takes pressure off of things, and it holds exactly. it up. You know, and it protects her because, as we can see in a lot of comics and things, she's essentially bulletproof. Yeah. Like she's she's extremely tough, mm-hmm. and when she's in danger, she can retract her head like a fucking giant turtle. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um. So yeah, it it serves a lot of purposes, and, and also from like a design and engineering standpoint, she is the ultimate extension of the hive. I mean, something that's amazing about aliens is that we get to really spend time in the actual hive itself. You know, we get to really get to know it Mm -hmm. and to see how the xenomorphs blend into it and how they utilize the darkness to their advantage. Um, Just like Viet Cong in the jungle, you know, Mm -hmm. we get to really appreciate that aspect of how they operate. And the queen feels like she just has been secreted from the hive. I mean, she's literally attached to it with the, with the ovipositor for one thing. But she also, from an aesthetic standpoint, she just—it's like almost like the the walls of the hive conjoined and birthed this this chitinous, terrifying thing, you know. Um, so she just aesthetically works really well with it. I think. Um, I just think she's from a design standpoint. She—I mean, like the the teeth, you know, her teeth are these crystalline, mm-hmm. enormous icicles, mm-hmm. you know. She's a fucking beautiful yeah. creature. Yeah. Again, yeah. She and Cameron is. said that. You know, Cameron said, "I have a quote." Um, 
uh, that he designed her to be, this is a quote, he said, hideous and beautiful at the same time like a black widow spider. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly what she is. Like, yeah. you see a black widow, and even people who don't like, I actually like spiders, but people who don't like spiders. I don't like them, but they, I'm fascinated with them. I'll look at them for sure. And you, and you can admit, like, there's a difference between looking at, like, a wolf spider, like a brown recluse, and looking at a black widow, mm-hmm. you know? A black widow is like something that shouldn't exist. Yeah, it's, it's, too, it's wondrous. It's too elegant. Yeah. Something's wrong with it. Yeah. It's so elegant, yeah. you know? Yeah. It balances. And, and, and just like the queen, it, it somehow is able to stand upright even though it shouldn't mm-hmm. physically. Mm-hmm. Like, the way it moves, it's almost too light for its body mass. Mm-hmm. And the queen evokes that for me. Yeah, the queen, her movements doesn't seem are like it should. It doesn't seem like it should be able to do that. Yeah. And, and you have to remember, this was... So, for one thing, as we've mentioned, it was a painting by James Cameron. Brought to life by Sam Winston in his studio, among whom were Alec Gillis and Tom Woodruff Jr. Mm-hmm. What what? Um, and they created scale models of it. They created a full size puppet that was fourteen feet tall that had two people inside of it. It had hydraulics. It had puppeteers all over the place controlling the various appendages. It was an actual an actual thing that existed in space and took up so much weight that it was dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and that is just amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you, like you look at the uh, at the at the. Have you seen the the pictures from the set about the from the the, the miniatures that they used in the final battle oh, scene? Oh yeah, actually, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I was ten years old or twelve years old in 1988. They had all of the puppets at the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago, and my dad mm. and they had the Jaws because I think Jaws wow. four came out at that point. Um, so they <laughs> the had the full scale shark turning and its head would move and open like the whatever. Um, and then they had all the Masters of the Universe. Uh, prosthetics and everything and then they had Ripley they had the miniature puppets and then I think they had a, a larger power lifter or power loader wow um, it was awesome so I saw that shit up close in person and that was that's crazy 30 years ago you know it's crazy that's amazing it is I mean I, I, I've seen I've seen the full size queen once too really um, and it, yeah it was at Disney actually wow it was an, uh, unbelievable and it was just the scale of it was just mind blowing yeah but you know here's the thing too uh, as we're discussing this and if you think about like uh, termites or kind of uh, insects that have a hive mind, um, in the context of Earth, we know what their role is, what they do, how they operate. Um, there's a queen and there's ants and they build and they build, but they also take things from the forest floor or wherever they are or the desert. or And they kind of, they're all a part of this kind of cycle of life, you know, um, and their presence enriches the Earth. It makes... All it, you know, it helps fertilize the ground. All of these things, when they die, like, there's a, the, termites and ants and all of these things with a queen, like the queen that we see in Alien, which is taken from that. Um, all of that stuff that we have on Earth really is an integral part of of this planet. The problem, or maybe not the problem, is the question with the queen is why? What are they doing? What are they doing? Like, you know, like. Okay, just so, like what? What are they doing? So there's Wait, a queen and she's laying eggs, and for what reason? What What are they building? Like, what's their survival? What's their no, no? It's more than survival. Proliferation. It's got to be. It's got to be something more, though. It's got to be more than that. Um, Why does there need to be more than because that? Because they have to be have come from an ecosystem where they're contributing to it. Because that's what well, we all I, do. I, I would say that it's pretty pretty uh, uh, presumptive of you. To think that the rules of Earth apply to the rules of the those rules universe. will apply in any planet that something's from. I know. <laughs> um, you don't know that. Yes, I do. You don't know that. Yes, I do. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I guess what, what I'm what I'm saying. So, so you think that there is a greater purpose at work here? No, 
I'm saying, what is the greater purpose? Why are they? Well, I, but, but in asking that question, you're saying there is one. Perhaps, yeah. I, I'm wondering. Yeah, so... I just, I think I'm wondering, like, to what end are they? Do what end do they go to? Okay, so they capture hosts, they impregnate hosts, and so is that their main? Is that their main goal? Is just to reproduce, or is their main goal to build a colony? Like with ants and termites, they build and build and build and build and build, and it's incredible. Now in why? alien, why do they do it? Probably so to grow their to grow their numbers. You know, um, but I don't. But they were building something. The aliens really didn't build anything. I mean, you saw some yeah, but weird the, but shit on the walls. Building, but but they're, but they're not building it to make a fucking you know palazzo or something i mean yeah. they, you know they're they're they're, they're building this stuff Five so that they can be successful yeah right they're making so that they can be successful and they can proliferate right yeah at the end of the day that's what we're doing too like that's our purpose yeah is to is to well to I, again that's again this kind of points back to the problem problems that i have with the queen and the whole hive hive system i just feel like i've seen it before I was watching that shit before I even saw the queen when I was a kid, like nature shows mm-hmm. and there it'd go inside a, an anthill or a, a termite hill. And you see these big fat queens with these big fat exacts. And, and it's very interesting. I just felt like it was a pivot back to something less alien and more familiar yeah. or more earth familiar. Now, again, yeah, I it, can get on board. It was that. successful. It was absolutely successful. I don't, we've seen the queen in the AVP films. We've seen it in alien Re- resurrection, I don't need to see her again. We've yeah. I don't need to see her again. I just don't like what I would love is maybe the next version. If they have, feel like they have to do it again, the next version of whatever Xeno reproductive thing happens couldn't be a variation on that theme where it's more alien and less familiar. I just, and I think that's people are over the moon about the queen. And I think I would rather her be scary than cool. I think a lot of people see her as cool and I know that's kind of complicated. I see her as I see her as scary too. I, I, I mean, I, I think it's it's because it, because you're a, you're a, you're an 85 year old man. I mean, when I was a kid, <laughs> you're, you're, all, you're almost 80. Give me the finger. <laughs> I mean, you're saying that now as a full grown adult, right? As a little kid, and you have to put yourself in Newt's shoes. She's hiding under the fucking grate in the loading bay. Mm-hmm. The alien, uh, the queen, is this titanic monstrosity that has ripped herself free from the wall and is now coming towards you. It just tore a fucking robot in half. This is a scary organism. It's not scary to you now because you're, you have the benefit of, of, you know, 30 years with this film. You have the benefit of life experience. You have the benefit of this trope being so played out and living with it for so long. But I think at the time, and I say this to somebody who did not see it in theaters because I was too young. I I think that, um, I was two years old. Right, right. Well. We were because <laughs> you were also you were you were also was, a baby. I was nine years. I'm what eight years older than you. That's true. Eighty. Um, 80. At the time, it was a, it was a very different thing for people. I think, yeah. and I think it was something that was inconceivable. I think here's the problem: is that it's not it's not a question of whether or not it's scary as a creature. It's a matter of whether or not it's scary as an idea. The queen, to me, is not a scary idea. The queen is actually a comforting idea because it tells me that the xenomorph came from something and that it has a hierarchical societal system. In the first film, there is no evidence of that. In the first film, it is just basically a serial killer loose on the ship. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. It could. Come, we have no no reason to it have. It could look any like a pipe in the wall. It could look like anything. 
Yeah. Yes, it, and and it looks like everything and nothing. Like from some angles, it looks like a person. From some angles, it looks like just a giant floating phallus. From some angles, it looks like the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And from some angles, it looks like something you never want to look at again. Yeah. You know, it comes from a complete mystery. Just this this vast ocean of eggs on a spaceship that you looks like nothing that you've ever conceived of before. Yeah. Like some kind of an alien horseshoe, yeah. the size of a city. Yeah. With this navigator in a chair that doesn't look like a chair and doesn't look like a navigator and it doesn't look like a a humanoid, it doesn't look like anything mm-hmm. on a scale that doesn't make any sense, yeah. you know. Um, I mean, Alien. The reason why that's my favorite of the whole of of the whole entire saga is because it is so it is so imbued with mystery that it is eternally relevant. You know, I love that about Annihilation. I love it about Blade Runner. I love it about great science fiction. Aliens is the stripping away of mystery there are mysteries that are revealed as a result of that there are jumping off points for further storytelling but fundamentally the idea of the queen alien is a comforting one because it says the alien is something you can recognize and something you can identify and if you can recognize and identify something you can defeat it yeah yeah and that's ultimately what happens yeah yeah and i think that's i i don't like you know i don't like to figure things out like or i don't like things figured out for me um and i think the queen figures some things out for me a little bit. Now, again, all of this is on, we're kind of taking a little bit of a scalpel in just a light way at the queen. I'll still watch aliens. It's an amazing film. It's a masterpiece. One of the best sequels ever made. I feel like I have to keep saying that because again, there's probably tomatoes being thrown my way. That's okay. Um, well, and because as we've talked about, we live in a, in a system in a, in, in, in a, a fan culture where it's easy to pigeonhole people, yeah. you know, and it's easy to assume, for example, that I, love everything about covenant because i always talk about what a great film it is when i don't and so, and so i always have to i always feel the need to say it's a flawed masterpiece mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and just like you when you when you're picking apart aliens you always have to say it's one of my favorite movies ever but blah 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 blah. and we should be able to have these discussions and uh ask if what, what we love can stand stand up to questioning you know yeah uh, i think uh, our our beliefs our belief systems as people should stand up to questioning or it should be able to take questioning whether it stands up to it or not, our faith, whatever. So I think for many of us, for you, for me, aliens, the alien series is essentially a, a version of faith. It's a, it's a way of life. It's a, it's a fandom. It's a kind of a religion that we belong to. And I think, uh, I want to ask questions. I want to say, is this working? Is this the best thing? Oh, totally. Now, again, uh, to go back to covenant, I feel like they started exploring, um, vehicles of reproduction that I'd never thought of before. Yes, they're similar. Uh, I mean, because, you know, again, spores do some fucked up shit to ants. Um, and yeah, they're parasitic, yeah. Yeah, right. um, and you don't know, you know, I've seen, have you seen those videos with the the um, praying mantis laying down and there's this long black worm coming out of its back? Yeah. That's fucking, I can barely watch that. That's so yeah. scary to me. I can like barely the, or watch. Like the cordyceps? It doesn't seem, it fungi. seems unnatural, doesn't it? It seems like. Because <laughs> it is. It seems alien. Yeah, it does. It seems completely unnatural. But there's many different insects that, in fact, I saw a video of this woman and uh, there was a doctor and he had these tweezers and he was going into her leg and he was pulling out larvae from her leg, like three yeah. of them. I mean, how unnatural and almost evil. But that's a, a mode of kind of reproduction. On Earth? On Earth. Yeah. Um, that, that's observable. And it happens to a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people go to Africa and they and they step in human feces yeah. somewhere in a, in a pit. And then they come home and they have ringworm forever. Yeah. Yeah. You know? 
and, and I'm, not, I'm not generalizing about the continent of Africa, but that actually is something that happens or a lot. When, people, when tourists visit Africa, they or step in communal even pathways. in Central America or or, or in company or companies in in countries that you're not um, uh, in countries that you're not familiar with, or you, you your bodies aren't familiar with. Like you can drink water and you can get a worm or an amoeba or something that sits there, yeah, and right. it it takes all of the nutrients that you're trying to eat from your food, and you kind of waste away until they figure out what's wrong and they. Shot which, which of course has a lot of a lot of parallels in in uh, Prometheus. Totally, and there's been you know? cases of doctors removing like thirty feet of a of this weird worm, like thick, yeah. like you can see it, you can yeah. hold it from a human body. And yeah, I would rather terrible. have in a perfect world, um, Cameron kind of moved to a little bit more risky, something like that, and go towards something a little safer. Which is, but Cameron's a safe guy. He is. He's a brilliant genius. At the end of the day, he's, he's a brilliant, guy. but he's fundamentally safe, right? That's true. I disagree, though. I, I think that having something more alien in that context, in that film, would have not worked, I think. Yeah. I think that the, mov- the movie had to have that answer to it. The mm-hmm. mo- the- Aliens is not a movie about ambivalence. Aliens is not a movie about unsolvable mysteries. Mm-hmm. Aliens is a movie that fundamentally says good beats evil, and the and the and the conceivable trumps the abstract mm-hmm. you know alien is very much a, a journey from the from the objective into the subjective mm-hmm. aliens is a journey from the subjective into the objective mm-hmm. aliens is is the journey from being presented with something you can't comprehend and you can't do anything about to trouncing it and going home happy mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and and i think you gravitate towards that if that's what speaks to you or you don't you know um, I, I think that if you had that arc set up and you had the movie going into the direction of being concrete and solvable, and then you had something completely alien, like at the end of Annihilation, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. um, you know, where, where you finally, I don't want to spoil anything, but but and Annihilation ends with a, a series of kind of inconceivable images, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, or, near, or towards the end of the film. And to me, that it would not work in the context of Aliens. And actually, I have to, fun, uh, to uh, formally thank Alex Garland for giving me the whole subjective into the objective trope. Cause that actually is how he describes annihilation. That, that is a journey from the objective into the subjective experience. Interesting. And, and that's very much like how I look at a lot of science fiction films too, is you start off with an experience that's relatable and that makes sense in a universal way that anybody could look at and anybody can understand and you break it apart and make it abstract, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And you see that, I mean, 2001 is probably the best. I think even Blade Runner that. does that. It starts very objectively. You know, you're seeing what, yeah, and sure. then it turns into this more subjective experience. You know? Right, right. And, and the farther it goes along, the less sense it makes until ultimately it makes the sense that it makes for you yeah. and nobody else will understand it the way you understand yeah. it. And then you will continue to engage with it for the rest of your life over and over again yeah. because it's something unique to you, yeah. you know? Aliens is not that movie. I love Aliens. Again, I'm I'm hedging because I, I don't want to be pigeonholed. I fucking love Aliens and I love The Queen. I have, I mean, I have a, a, an alien room in our house that has fucking queen stuff everywhere you look, everywhere you turn. Yeah, I love the design. I love what it stands for. I love the fact that it's given me so many great graphic novels and so many wonderful expanded universe stories and so many amazing video game moments that it gave, you know, the coolest parts of Alien vs. Predator to us, that it gave us all of these things to be thankful for. Yep. But at the end of the day, it is not what... I look for when I look for alien. Well, again, I think because she's been done, she doesn't need to be done again. 
in the way that she was. And I feel like she's... Yeah, I, I can I can agree with I that. I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, is there going to be a queen? Like, that's not what Alien's about. It's not about, are we going to see a queen again? I get it for some people, it is. And I don't want to tell people, hey, buddy, that's the, that's the, what these movies aren't, aren't about. Because for some people, maybe that is what it's about. It is what, what kind of alien they're going to see next. But I feel like she has become a bit of a trope. Um, and, but see, oh, but it's oh, funny. Oh, oh. The, yeah. But here's the one thing that you said that I wanted to... to to mm. push back on you said okay, oh you've seen the queen and blah 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 but and you know she you've seen her and it's been 30 years and blah blah, blah. This, these films have lived in, you know this film has lived in my life and but i can still look at the alien or iterations of it that we share a lot and it it is fucking terrifying to me yeah. the queen is not like that for me the queen is just like oh okay there's the queen there's the egg layer you know like the alien to me is still this mysterious what is this thing what did, where is it what is it want? Okay. Talking about visual art, I agree with you completely. I have never been afraid of a picture of the queen. There are many pictures of the xenomorph that I have been afraid of. Yes. That, that I've, I've been like, oh, man, that is fucking scary. Yeah. I'm going to dream about that tonight. And I've never had that about the queen. I've never actually realized that until this conversation. I look at the queen with a sense of awe yeah. and a sense of spectacle and a sense of uh, just like being amazed at how cool it is. But never with that sense of... What is it looking at me for? Why does it want me? Mm-hmm. What is it doing? You and know, part of it's when her the, scale. The... She's so big. She's she's not going to hide in a room. She's not going to hide in the in the ceiling. She's not going to hide in the vents. She's too big. Right. So right. she's very obtuse. So there's no like danger. Where's the queen at? She's right there. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You can fucking feel her like a T Rex yeah. when she walks yeah. by. Right. But which which should be scary, right? Like we're actually predisposed biologically. This is like the biology episode. We're we're predisposed genetically to be afraid of things bigger than us. Mm-hmm. To be to listen to big heartbeats. Like part of why the piece of music that I'm writing right now has a slow heartbeat in the monster section of it is because I researched that and I looked for animals that we're afraid of and they have slower heartbeats than humans do. And mm. I was like, well, you know what? That makes sense. We would listen for that vibration and be afraid of it. Yeah. So we should be afraid of the queen, but I think it's getting at something else that's important with Alien, which is that we're not actually afraid of the creature. We're afraid of what it means to us. Mm-hmm. We're afraid of what we are in the face of the creature. Mm-hmm. We're not actually afraid of what it looks like. We're not actually afraid of what it's doing. We're afraid that we don't know what it looks like and we're afraid that we don't know what it's doing. Mm-hmm. That, when, that we can't see what it's thinking because it doesn't have eyes and it can't emote, you know? Mm-hmm. The queen can talk, right? The queen can do a lot of anthropomorphic things. The queen can not only operate an elevator, not only get on a dropship, it can actually emote and snarl uh, like very audibly at Ripley. It can threaten her. It can be a mama bear. Like, and it's like, it's like so clear what she's doing, right? When Ripley burns the eggs, the queen gets mad because in the animal kingdom... That's what happens if you stomp on, you know, a bird's nest, the bird's going to snap at you, right? Or if you go if to you... a beehive and what do they do right away? They go to the babies to take them out of their little things and move them mm. because that's the most important thing for them. Mm. So so it makes a lot of biological sense, yeah, right? Yeah. But it's not alien. It's not confusing. Yeah. Right? If, if Ripley had done that and the queen had, like, enjoyed it. That might have been interesting. Or if the queen hadn't even reacted and the queen had just started just staring at her. But because because the queen is so much more expressive, because she has so much more articulation, because her head can move all over the place and because she can make all these noises and because we see her gesticulating to, the, to her drones, she becomes more real. Mm-hmm. She becomes more physical. And she becomes something that we have more of a context for. Mm-hmm. And I think in doing that, we lose what we're actually afraid of when we're, when we're afraid of 
the alien stuff, which is the unknown. And that's why the, the backburster sequence to me, the first time I saw it, scared the fucking shit out of me. Yeah, me too. Because I saw the footage from Austin when they showed it the very first time. And I remember I was on the train with my headphones in watching the live stream. And I was horrified. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, this yeah. is so scary. I was scary. shaking I when I was leaving it. the theater because I saw it on the Yeah, yeah I you was went to like, the screening. Yeah. I was like disturbed. I remember talking with Dave Gogol. Uh, I, I just was like, dude, that footage, man, like that disturbed me. Um, yeah, I was like, that's one of the scariest yeah. things I've ever seen yeah, in Alien. Me too. And to me, and, and so why was that scary? We didn't know what was happening. We didn't know what was we happening. We had no idea what was happening. We knew something was going to come out, yeah. right? Like we could tell that like something was happening, or how to it him. was going to come out, or you know. But but it's like, and then, and then all of a sudden the spikes come through, yeah. and 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 we all at the same time go, <gasps> "What the fuck was that?" Yeah. And then all hell breaks loose, and then it's just even more confusing and even scarier, right? Because then this neomorph comes out. It looks like some sort of a wet monkey, and it's like slipping and sliding, and it doesn't look dangerous. And then all of a sudden, it's incredibly dangerous. And then it's growing so rapidly, we can see its head pulsating. And it's like, you know, th- that scene works great because nobody, including the actors, know what's happening. Just like an alien. I mean, I mean, obviously the actors knew what was happening, but in the first film, the, during the chestburster sequence, they had no idea it was going to be that bloody. Of course, as everybody who knows Alien knows. And there was an actual element of surprise to the actors during that, right? Mm-hmm. They knew that the chest burst was going to happen. They had no idea what it was actually going to be like. And that's captured on film. And I think for audiences, the reason why, you know, my father-in-law, my, well, my, my grandfather-in-law had a heart attack, and the reason why people barfed and left movie theaters is because they had no context to appreciate what was going on. Yeah. They were completely confused. It was a completely subjective moment. Yeah. It made no sense based on anything that they could see, but it made infinite sense on some subconscious level that they couldn't get out of their heads. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I'd say that this has been a pretty interesting discussion. I think that uh, there's a lot more that we could probably discuss on the Queen. I think, if anything else, she is a um, a device that's controversial. She's controversial. Well, I want to say one more thing. Hang on. Okay. Just, just now I'm thinking about it. We talk a lot about gender on this series. She's the only gendered xenomorph. Yeah. You ever think of that? No, I mean, every other yeah, one, every other again, one is, is basically. Yes, it ambivalent. makes it female. It's female. And I think that's another issue that I've had is that it's, oh, it's a queen. Oh, look, it's a, like it, we've given it this name that we've given figureheads of state and or of countries and and termite mounds you know like we've given it a very earth like human name that's another problem that i have with it i don't want to call yeah. it the queen i don't want to call it the, oh look it's the queen as opposed to it's a xenomorph because that's the only thing that we know what to call it we don't know anything right. more than that the, right. the queen is so she's a one-trick pony you know but the thing is that the is, here's the uh, we should I, I don't want to leave on that note the trick that she pulls off is borderline miraculous yeah at the end of the day even if even if she is one trick that trick is pulled off in a way that is is almost unprecedented in science fiction cinema to me that what she represents from a puppeteering standpoint from a design standpoint the way that cameron filmed her to be so fucking menacing and beautiful Mm -hmm. um it is it is completely amazing from an achievement standpoint and actually one great thing or i mean again i think she, she is great um and I don't know how many people have noticed this. I've noticed this. I'm sure you have. When when Ripley and Newt get into that egg chamber and they're approaching the queen, you hear something. You hear this. <sighs> but it's a female voice. <laughs> have you heard that before? 
Of course I've heard it. Yeah. It's it's it terrifying. anything like what you it, just it fucking didn't, did. But it's this low it's, like, it's, like a it's like this low pant. It's this low female sounding It's like it's like it's like breathing. It's like this <sighs> Yeah, it's like <sighs> it's yeah. You gotta but be a stranger. You <laughs> people are fucking pulling their cars over and turning off the radio. Um it does. It which is amazing, right? At the same time, it is an answer, you know? Yeah. It is a question because you're going, what's making that noise? Oh, the queen. Oh, it's that thing that's looking at me. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. The good thing is that the answer is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. I agree. Right? I agree. If, if the queen were a dumpy piece of shit, if, if like the queen just looked like a fucking sponge with a, you know, tutu, or, then we wouldn't be having the this conversation. Or the newborn resurrection. <laughs> or the, or the yeah. which basically is a sponge with a tutu. Yeah. I mean, yeah, right. Exactly. So here's the problem with the resurrection, right? We get this payoff at the end of a movie that the whole time you're kind of like, do I like this? Do I don't know? I don't really know what I'm watching. And then <laughs> you're waiting for this fourth act. Cause you know, it's an alien film and you're going to get some big surprise at the end. And then the surprise at the end comes out and it's fucking terrible. And the payoff is, is all of a sudden completely lost. And then everything else is just like, so we got an answer and it was a dumb answer, yeah. right? In aliens, we get an answer, but it's a brilliant answer. Yeah. Yeah. It's just unfortunately an answer, and an answer is always a wall. Yeah. There are questions you can ask on the other side of that wall that you can find, mm-hmm. but it is a wall, mm-hmm. you know. And that, and that there are many people who will watch Aliens, many completionist, completionistic people who will watch Aliens and go, "Oh, well, that's that's the answer that I was looking for. Like that's that's where it ends. Like, of course, there's a queen. Okay, now it makes sense." Mm-hmm. Many of us who kind of live with these films every day look at it as a springboard into other parts of the mythology, and you know potentials about what, what what the implications are for their life cycle, what they do in the absence of a queen, etc. But a lot of people love to have quick answers to things. A lot of people love to have succinct solutions and the queen represents that, but it does so beautifully. Yeah, I think I agree. And I uh, also, I think for context, much of my criticism about the queen doesn't really come from aliens per se. I think it's because she's been used so much since aliens like, Oh, it's queen. It's queen. It's queen. Oh, the queen again. You know, um, I think, Cameron pulled it off because she was novel at that time. She was. And it was kind of like, oh, fuck, there's an egg layer. Oh, and it's something that's somewhat familiar. So it's a little bit scary, too. Um, whereas now it's like, oh, we need a queen to make more, you know. Um, right. So right, exactly. and, and she's just she's not alien. Her, her continued presence kind of continues to take away from, again, that's why Covenant is a little more scary because we're like, where are these spores? What spores do what, you know? He breathed it in. It went through this guy's ear. Like, where? What's going on here? You know. And just like, what is with this planet? Like, like, why are there so many conflicting things going mm-hmm. on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, so yeah. I think. Okay. In closing, I think that, I mean, as we've said, aliens is brilliant. I think the queen is. <laughs> I think the queen is what Cameron made her to be. Worked. She was a brilliant answer. I want something more, but I don't think that she's without her own issues, even even in Aliens. Yeah, and that's okay to talk about, you know? Yeah. I, to me, the big takeaway from this episode has been that I never realized that I wasn't afraid of her. You know, that, that, I, that I'm not, when I see a piece of art, that I'm not afraid. And I am afraid by pieces of art of the Xenomorph. Mm-hmm. And I think now I know why, which is that because she is something that I can understand, and because I can understand it, I can get over that fear. So I was afraid of her as a kid. Yeah. And then I had an answer to it. And you know? the queen's never going to be chasing after you. It's always going to be the drones. The queen's going to be in her chamber somewhere. Yeah, the queen's going to be fucking eggs. laying eggs, yeah. just taking taking dumps over there. Yeah. <laughs> so she's not even really a threat. She's again, she's yeah. just this big kind of cool device that everyone wants to see. She's not important. 
in terms of, I, I think really what scares us is again, is who's in the closet, who's in our house that we don't know. Yeah. Um, right. Alien, what they call alien haunted house because they didn't know where it was. That's why it was scary, right. you know? And I think right. a lot of the iterations that I've seen of the xenomorph, I mean, and again, I, I, We've seen so many, and we continue to see some. And I'm like, holy shit! Like some of them, are like I can't really look at that too long. They're that scary. So yeah, yeah, that's been fun. It's been fun. Um, thanks. I'm sure we'll get some feedback. Oh on yeah, <laughs> and we'll probably answer that feedback. Um, maybe if we feel like we need to, t- if we get enough feedback, maybe we'll talk about it again. We'll see. Yeah, um, maybe have some of you guys on. Who knows? Totally. Uh, but before we go, just uh, uh, want to thank everyone for listening. If any of you guys, if you're listening to us through iTunes, do us a favor, give us a review. The more reviews that you give us, the, the more popular we become um, in terms of how they display us in uh, the iTunes app and all of those things. So give us a review on iTunes. That would be great if you want. It to. makes a huge difference. Like if, if we don't ask for money for this or anything, and we, we never would. We're doing this out of love for the series and out of just being a part of the community. Totally. But it does. But it does take work. And it does, you know, it, it would help if you can't necessarily help support the show financially. If you just go online and just do a rating, it takes about one second. You can literally just click once to do it and write in your app. And as Jamie said, it actually feeds into the algorithm and it directly impacts how popular the show is. Absolutely. We're not under any kind of, you know, we're not expecting to get millions of downloads on this show per episode or something. But it would, but the more listeners we get, the more we're able to do things like travel and do exclusive interviews. Yeah. And they'll feature and us content on the opening page of iTunes. If we, if we become, if we yeah. reach that kind of place in the algorithm where they present us. Um, and then the whole world can hear about fucking zebras getting humped by Facebook. And we're almost at a hundred episodes, by the way. So we're getting close yeah. to a, a big milestone for the podcast. But if you do feel like you want to support us, please go to go to perfectorganism.com forward slash support. Um, we use Patreon. We have, uh, we already have some, but we could, you know, we're working on another uh, audio drama right now for Perfect Organism. We're working on one for Shoulder of Orion. So if you feel led, $1, $3, $10, however much you want, that couple would be thousand. awesome. A couple thousand, a thousand. A couple million. Give us a million. Every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> Thanks, it's guys. just once a month. But thanks, everyone, for just, listening. Yeah.